Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Wow, if you could give God some praise that you're here in the house, that we get to be here and do this together. Praise the Lord. Well, on your if you're on your way down to your seats, you better shake at least one or two hands and compliment at least one or two good-looking people. Look how good-looking they are for getting up an hour earlier today. Great job. Wow. Well, let's say hi to all of our friends that are watching, starting with uh, Ruth and Naomi's that are watching live. Let's say hi to the staff and everyone there. And as well, let's say hi to all the men at the Joshua House. I want to celebrate a few names. I want to celebrate uh, TJ. I want to celebrate John. And I want to celebrate Benjamin. Those three got baptized this Wednesday at the Joshua House. Praise the Lord. Uh, Ladies watching uh, Westminster Ladies and everybody else that's joining us online from around the world. Thank you. Well, if you're just joining us, we're doing this series called Kings and Queens. We're talking about men and women and leadership um, in the Bible and what we can learn from them, what to do, what not to do. We'll learn a little bit of both. But today I'm proud in a good way. Because, you know, we are a movement that has women in leadership. We are a movement that lifts up women in leadership. And um, my wife and I get to do this together. We get to pastor together. And it's been quite the journey the Lord has taken us through. But every time you speak, honey, such wisdom and clarity comes out of you. And and I'd encourage you today to take out your notes, get ready to receive the, the word that the Lord has for you today. He's got a word for you if you're open to receive it. So ladies and gentlemen, could you please give it up for um, my wife and our pastor together, Pastor Charmaine Funk. I love this church. No, I, <laughs> hi, Rolly. <laughs> so good. Oh, I got lots of things to say. I got lots of notes, but I got lots of things on my heart, as you're probably getting used to <laughs> when I stand up here. But just a couple of fun things about our family is that um, in terms of royalty, <laughs> Chloe is the princess and I'm the queen, and that's just how it is in our family. <laughs> And uh, that that should be, (laughs) the guys are something, but no, just kidding. Um, But even when it comes to, you know, we're so thankful just to be a part um, of the Victory family and just what an amazing place for us to grow as leaders and to empower other leaders. Just, there's nowhere like it. So I know they're not in the house, but why don't we just give a hand to our, even our... (laughs) Our mamas and fathers in, in the faith, but just really blessed. And you know how it works. You remember talking about kings and queens, and we're, we talk about women and leadership. I just want to say, like, make no mistake, this leadership is a lot about submission and in the best way. And what that means is getting under each other's mission. So in our, we talk a lot, too, about collaboration versus cooperation. Another way to say that would be... <laughs> 
in this relationship, we all wear pants. <laughs> if that makes sense. You know, we, we have dreams together and we have visions together and submitted under the Lordship of Jesus Christ and submitting to each other, working together, not against each other, if that makes sense. So it's less about like, look at me, I'm the boss. It's not that. It's different. Which is the case with most things in the kingdom of God. It's, it's different, you know. Um, so I just kind of wanted to lead off with that, if that's all right. Um, something kind of fun we did today, or this week in women's. Put up your hand if you're a women's connect group this week. That's good. Every once in a while, God just like changes it up. And it's, well, he does that a lot. But um, all of a sudden, we just kind of stopped and took some time to look up the meanings of our names. And it was super cool just to see and even to look around the room and as people said what their names meant and even some of what like their children's names meant. Some people were really intentional, some people didn't know, but just so cool to see how like relatable or whatever like appropriate they were, right? And, um, and also just learning like some things for names in the Bible, like why would they name them, you know, why would they name them that? Like in the book of Ruth when we talked about, you know, naming her kids sickness and death or whatever. It's like, why would you do that? But understanding there's more more to it, the times and things like that. We are gonna talk about it's also relevant to my message today. So that's why I bring all that up. So we're gonna get to that. Um, makes it entertaining but also makes sense. We're gonna talk about a lady in the Bible who you became a queen and we're also going to talk about King David it's kind of neat because we last week uh, Pastor Matt brought it with uh, a story of Deborah and JL and and we just love that it's like a favorite <laughs> here that story but how God just chooses to use who he chooses to use you chooses to use those that are willing and obedient not necessarily the ones that uh, you'd expect which is awesome but anyway so moving from that time in Israel where judges were the leadership kind of represented or the judges were almost like every time that the Israelites would mess up and needed help God would appoint a judge to come and help them and and uh, rescue them but then moving into that time where uh, there was kings right and there and the monarchy and with King David so we're, we're into kind of that that next space in the Bible and we're going to talk about three people today we're going to talk about David a guy named Nabal and Abigail all right, so this, this story is a book about submission and deliverance. So Abigail, if you haven't heard of her before, but she's a lesser known heroine in the Bible. She was a humble woman who was married to a wealthy scoundrel. But Abigail, she combined her wisdom and her wealth. And it also says she was beautiful, but she combined that to appear before an approaching enemy, an intimidating enemy, and plead for the safety of her household. So this drama begins in 1 Samuel when David's men had helped her husband, whose name was Nabal. The Bible describes Nabal as a churlish man. <laughs> Words we don't use, but what does that mean? It means he was difficult. He was severe, cruel, harsh, inflexible, obstinate, or stubborn. That's a lot of words <laughs> to describe Nabal, but none of them were good. But interestingly enough, the very meaning of the name Nabal is fool. Another reminder, be careful what you name your children. 
But it's also the story of David and Abigail and how she became his wife through very unusual circumstances. So the story is found in 1 Samuel 25, if you want to head there. I strongly encourage you, as always, to read it for yourself. I'm going to read a lot straight from Scripture today because it really speaks for itself and it really tells the story. So get ready for that. Starts with this. I've noticed this a lot of chapters in this area we've been in lately start like with someone dying. But <laughs> now Samuel died, and all Israel assembled and mourned for him, and they buried him at his home in Ramah. Then David moved down into the desert of Paran. For Samuel twenty-five one, verse seven says, "Now I hear that it is sheep shearing time. When your shepherds were with us, we did not mistreat them, and the whole time they were at Carmel, nothing of theirs was missing." So this is Nabal's shepherds and David's men. Okay. Verse 8, ask your own servants and they will tell you. Therefore, be favorable toward my men since we came at a festive time. Please give your servants and your son David whatever you can find for them. So point one is a leader's responsibility. So just to give you a little, a little bit more to what's happening, um, David and his men had been protecting Nabal's shepherds and sheep for a period of time, okay? They had been in the same area, but David had been good to them and had made sure that no harm came to them. So now David and his men are hungry. So we got two leader responsibilities here. One is that David's got his men that he needs to take care of, and Nabal's got his sheep that he needs to take care of, but also they've been taken care of, and he has an opportunity to meet a need. Okay, so it goes on to say, but when David sent his men to ask Nabal to show them favor, Nabal, being the person that we described, basically said, who is this son of Jesse? That would be David. And basically said, no way will I share my provisions with these men. Verse 10 says, why should I take my bread and water and the meat I've slaughtered to my shares and give it to these men coming from who knows where? That's, the, that's what the Bible said. <laughs> what a jerk. But anyways, point number two. <laughs> so it's like, thanks for doing that thing, but no, no food for you. Point number two, a king's responsibility. Responsibility. So Nabal, a leader, was met with the need and responded with greed. He had the ability to respond how he chose. He was a leader. He responded with greed. So David's men turned around and they went back. When they arrived, they reported every word that Nabal said. David was hangry. He was tired and he needed food. He was also a leader. <laughs> He said to his men, each of you strap on your sword. So they did, and David strapped on his as well. He was not having it. About 400 men went up with David, while 200 stayed with the supplies. That's a couple guys. So when David's men returned and reported Nabal's response, he became so angry that he set out he was going to destroy Nabal's men. A servant of Nabal came to Abigail and told her how his master had insulted David and his men. Immediately, Abigail began to gather provisions for David's men so she could take them and apologize. As Abigail approached 400 men, angry men, so as she approached them, 
David had just exclaimed, surely in vain I have protected all that this fellow has in the wilderness. So nothing was missed of all that belongs to him, and he has repaid me evil for good. May God do so and more also to the enemies of David if I leave one male of all who belong to him by morning light. Okay, so somebody's about to get hurt here. It's pretty clear. One of the servants told Abigail, David sent messengers from the wilderness, but he, Nabal hurled insults at them. Verse 15, yet these men were very good to us. They did not mistreat us, and the whole time we were out in the fields near them, nothing was missing. Night and day they were a wall around us, and the whole time we were herding our sheep near them. Now think it over and see what you can do, because disaster is hanging over our master and his whole household. He is such a wicked man that no one can talk to him. Are you getting the picture here? What's going on? Verse 18, Abigail acts quickly. She took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five dressed sheep, five seas of roasted grain, 100 cakes of raisins, and 200 cakes of pressed figs, and loaded them on donkeys. She got to it. It's point number three, a queen's timing. It's not just how we respond, but when. Isn't that right? When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey, bowed down before David with her face to the ground. She fell at his feet and said, pardon your servant, my Lord, and let me speak to you. Hear what your servant has to say. Please pay no attention, my lord, to that wicked man, Nabal. He is just like his name. His name means fool, and folly goes with him. And as for me, your servant, I did not see the men my lord sent. And now, my lord, as surely as the Lord your God lives, and as you live, since the Lord has kept you from bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hands, may your enemies and all who are intent on harming my lord be like Nabal. And let this gift, which your servant has brought, my Lord, be given to the men who follow you. You go, girl. (laughs) Point number four, humility comes before honor. We know this. She said, please forgive your servant's presumption. The Lord your God will certainly make a lasting dynasty for my Lord because you fight the Lord's battles and no wrongdoing will be found in you as long as you live. Abigail was aware of who David was and who God had called like David to be. So in a sense, she was protecting her household and David. Verse nine, even though someone is pursuing you to take your life, the life of my Lord will be bound securely in the bundle of the living by the Lord your God, but the lives of your enemies he will hurl away as from the pocket of a sling. Where have we heard mention of a sling before in David's life? David and Goliath. When the Lord has fulfilled my Lord every good thing he promised concerning him and has appointed him ruler over Israel, My Lord will not have on his conscience the staggering burden of needless bloodshed or have having avenged himself. And when the Lord your God has brought my Lord success, remember your servant. It's a lot going on, hey? So good. What a powerful just point of like, no, wait a second. There's a bigger picture here. Again, Abigail was clearly aware of who King David was and his calling talking about humility first peter 5 5 says be clothed with humility for god resists the proud and gives grace to the humble 
in the account of Abigail today, we witness a woman who remained in an attitude of true humility before her enemies, even before someone who had the power to destroy family members, servants, her home, her life as she'd known it. She could have taken a bad attitude toward David, but through humility, she saved her whole household. It says she fell, she spoke with such clarity, but she fell on her face before David. And she said, upon me, my Lord, upon me, let this iniquity be. In other words, she took complete responsibility for the cruel decision and action of her husband. She also immediately postured herself as a servant to David, addressing him, my Lord, 14 times, while addressing herself six times as his handmaiden. I'm gonna make a, a pretty long story short, but Abigail's humility silenced her enemy and she completely changed his response to the situation. You know, it says, David even apologized to Abigail and thanked her for her words that restrained him from killing many innocent people in his anger. And his men received all the provisions. Crazy thing. While this was happening, her lovely husband, Nabal, was home throwing a party. Home, totally oblivious, just ignorant. Throwing a party, getting drunk. So Abigail waits till morning. She just is full of, like, there's just so much to learn from this girl. She waits till morning to tell her husband what happened. Verse 37 says, when she told Nabal everything, this is my favorite part, <laughs> his heart died within him and he became as a stone. Ten days later, the Lord smote Nabal and he died. <laughs> like... why we let the Lord fight our battles <laughs> right? I like that's been my favorite word this week is smote like if, if you if you get smote <laughs> that you did something <laughs> but when David heard that Nabal was dead he sent his messengers to ask Abigail to be his wife you know, from her humble position, Abigail saved her husband, all the servants, and all their belongings. And because her heart was right, even before her evil husband, God honored her for the cruelty and abuse she had endured for so many years. And he positioned her to become the wife of the soon-to-be king. But a humble position is a powerful position. Abigail's story is amazing. It's amazing. We can learn so much. You know, she was, she was a rich woman. But even so, she remained humble. She didn't set her heart on riches, and she wasn't led by fear of losing them. You know, when her life was threatened, she didn't yield to fear. She acted in wisdom. Think about it too, through those years, she had continued, or needed to continue to humble herself before a cruel man, time and time again. But you see, God was building her character. She was a respectful, but she grew into a powerful woman in the midst of adversity. You know, she had the right to say, you're a fool and you're gonna get us all killed. And that's not, that wouldn't be wrong. Like that wouldn't be untrue. 
She could have said, how many times have I told you to do something about your anger? <laughs> but she, you know, an attitude of humility, honor, and respect gives a person boldness. But the extent of Abigail's boldness can be seen in the way she walked up, faced a man and his 400 soldiers, angry and hungry, <laughs> but she, she was bold to do that. You know, Abigail had faith in God, and she recognized his plan for Israel. And she recognized, again, his plan to also use David. You know, humbling, honoring, and respectful people believe for God's good plan, and they expect it. Abigail was forgiving. Humility, honor, respect, and wisdom. Funny thing is, is they don't mix with bitterness and unforgiveness. You know, she was thinking about her enemies' good. Jesus said, Luke 6, verse 28, Bless those that curse you and pray for those which despitefully use you. You know, I had a moment this week we're just in a bad mood because <laughs> it happens and it's still even having to come to that place where God is like it's not about you and it's like yeah true <laughs> and I think that's part of the greatness of this story is Abigail went through some real things that she really shouldn't have had to put up with but there was a the bigger picture and God, he fought that battle for her. He dealt with things in his time. And you know, I've been reminded so many times this week is that absolutely nothing is wasted. Nothing. God uses everything. He either uses, you know, especially when it comes to the hard stuff, he either uses it to help someone else or he uses it to soften our hearts, to grow our character, to make us more like him. You know, when you think about what does it mean to be more like Jesus? It's not boring. You know, it's people who live in the world today, we're often taught, don't put up with that. You don't deserve that. You need to give them a piece of your mind. It's also trickier. It's in things like walk away from anything negative and go have a bath. Like seriously, there's a lot of that message. You don't need that cut those people out of your life and while we do need to be wise this cancel culture giving up on every conflict we ever face is not making for strong people yeah thank you <laughs> yeah you know maybe you're sitting in your seat and you're like well I'm not facing a, an army of 400 men right now and that's okay. I think, I think you get where we're going with this. And, but, you know, Abigail's story can just give us some insight into the power of humility, honor, respect, to defeat our, defeat our enemies or to be in, in the conflict and even cause them to agree. I hope that this comes as encouragement just on how to respond when you experience some rejection or mistreatment from others. But... Yeah, I think we can learn from Abigail today. Just discover that powerful, powerful secret of humility, honor, and respect.
my takeaway today is this. Kings and queens are recognized by their response ability. Yeah. Kind of flew through that a little bit today, but I just, I want to pray for everyone in the room. If you didn't mind, you just close your eyes. But God, I just thank you. I thank you so much for your word. It just speaks so directly and powerfully. And God, I lift up before you every person that's in this room or watching at home. I pray that they will learn something new today, God, that your Holy Spirit would just deliver the message to them where they need it. That we'd learn something new from the humility of Abigail, but also of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Help us to find wisdom in your word, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray you would surround every person in this room with grace and peace. I ask that you'll experience your comfort today and know that you're working out everything for good. God, that you waste nothing, that your plans are for us. God, I ask you for strength to overcome, God. In places we might feel overwhelmed or attacked or whatever it is, I thank you, God, for your grace, your mercy, and your strength each day. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, and just um, as we kind of move on to the next part of our service, I want to close with one last verse that really just speaks about our Lord Jesus and his humility. No one has gone further in humility than our Lord, who laid down his life for our redemption. Philippians 2 verse 8 says, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. I ask you to stand this morning. I love the sound of babies <laughs> in my house. So many babies. Uh, you know, we, no matter what, we're not guaranteed no hard times. You know, and we're also not guaranteed only one hard time. <laughs> and there's so many things that maybe we can't face alone, but we can with Jesus. And I just, I, I want you just kind of keep your eyes closed, just kind of, just some reflection with yourself and with God. But if you're here this morning and you would say, okay, this is new to me. I'm not too sure about this Jesus thing. I, I just want to say to you that if you don't know my Jesus, you need to meet my Jesus. You know, there's nothing in this world that is going to last except for a relationship with, with Jesus. You know, bringing hope for this life and the next. But the thing is, again, he humbled himself. He came to a lowly place. He took on all of our sin, all of our pain, and he took it to the cross and dealt with it. He died a painful death to deal with it in one moment. He wants to be there for you today. He wants to be beside you when you're at your lowest of lows and your highest of highs. There's not a minute of the day that I don't need Jesus. 
And I'm so thankful that he wants to be there. So if you're here this morning, you're saying, I want that. I, I, need, I need me some Jesus in my life. <laughs> We're going to pray a prayer just saying, God, I believe in you. I got some junk. I need you to help. I need you to take it. I can't carry it. I can't fix it you know come into my life so that's what we're going to do so I'm just going to ask you to pray in, in faith this morning just receiving Jesus into your life the best decision you'll ever make and if you've done that before we're going to do it we're going to support each other in this time but please repeat after me dear Jesus I confess that you are God and I believe that you died for me that my sin could be forgiven and that I could begin a new life with you. Please come into my life today. Please be Lord over my life. I thank you that my past is now past and I begin this new life with you right here and right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. And I just want to pray one more time. I feel like praying today. Hope that's okay. But God, again, I thank you for everyone here. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are personal to us and that you understand. If no one else in the room understands, you understand. And so I thank you for that. And I thank you, God, for just strengthening each person's spine, God, that they will just stand up straighter look up and know that you are with them no matter how hard hard things might be thank you Jesus amen amen doesn't it feel good to sometimes just just put your shoulders back and look up and be like that's right I got Jesus <laughs> you know uh, we are going to just move into just a time of uh, worship and we're going to sing a song this morning. You might know, you might not, but it's called Same God. And the same God that smote Nabal <laughs> and strengthened Abigail and all those things, all the miracles in the Bible, that same God is the miracles of today. And that's the God that we call on, the God that we serve, the God that we put our trust in. So I just invite you to just sing it out with your whole heart. And at the same time, I want to, we want to give an opportunity for baptism this morning. If you don't know what that means, it means to be fully immersed in water, saying goodbye to your old life and yes to Jesus. It's a symbol of that. When, and even though it feels like just normal water, talk to someone that's been baptized. It's a point where heaven meets earth for you. And so as we worship, just feel free to come. Pastor Matt and I are going to be right there. And uh, if you want to also just take a look at the screen, because you're going to see some, you'll see some awesome baptisms that happened just this week. So, so many things. Let's worship God. Come get baptized. Let's do this. Thank you for tuning in today. And thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. 
And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.